patriotism, faith, national unity, education, fiscal responsibility, civility, the values that define America. Fascinating stories and talks from America-loving patriots dedicated to preserving freedom, opportunity, and justice. Welcome to the Friends and Fellow Citizens Podcast. everybody, and welcome to another episode of Friends and Fellow Citizens. I'm your host, Sherman Tylowski. I hope you're doing well and staying warm. This past week has been very challenging for Americans across the country. As we saw the Arctic blast reach in Texas and across the nation, um, I just want to extend my thoughts and prayers uh, with those who have lost their lives, um, the family and friends of those who uh, unfortunately, are no longer with us. Um, the frigid temperatures really been shocking. Uh, personally, I lived in Texas for two years, and I can tell you that some of these temperatures really shocked me. I mean, I never, I never thought that temperatures would get that low, and to see news about the inability for the power grid to keep others with electricity and with heat, um, it's very very heartbreaking. Um, and I, I hope that as we look at the recovery phase and we look to see how we can better equip our communities for natural disasters or any other kind of disasters that may affect our critical infrastructure, um, I hope that we also never stray f- from having a vision for America. We need to be able to reset. We need to be able to learn the lessons and not be afraid to have conversations with one another about these very important issues. And I wish that the people of Texas and across the country, those who are facing challenges, um, keeping warm during this very cold winter, um, I hope that you will all keep safe uh, as we think about all of you. And we pray for the emergency workers who are doing everything they can to help those in need. So thank you all. Today, I want to shift my topic from the main priorities that I believe are necessary. Uh, this was from two weeks ago, uh, where I outlined uh, three major objectives, so to speak, for 2021. Um, I think one thing I want to emphasize here is that while we want to look at the vaccine rollout, we want to look at ways to reopen the capital safely. There's another category that I think is going to be very, very crucial as we approach not just the springtime, but also later on down the years and really through the next few decades. I'm talking long-term. And that is on cyber. Now, we haven't discussed a whole lot on cyber in particular episodes, uh, but today I want to focus more on Something that hasn't attracted a lot of news attention, but could be a very important position, one that might be very sought after over the next coming years, and that is the National Cyber Director position. For the fiscal year 2021 National Defense Authorization Act, NDAA for short, the uh, the Congress, or let's just say uh, the Congress and uh, President Trump eventually signed um, in NDAA that would include a Senate-confirmed director for cyber policy in the White House. 
Uh, we don't know the exact name for that. I believe it's National Cyber Director. I can't remember the, the exact wording here off the top of my head. But essentially, it's going to be someone who, as the name suggests, is going to be in charge of leading the President of the United States cyber uh, policy and cyber vision. And I want to outline five things that I hope to see from the National Cyber Director. Um, the first is, I think, quite obvious, which is execution of cyber policy. I mean, this is pretty straightforward, but as you all know, the executive branch is in charge of putting out or executing uh, the policies and laws that are passed. Um, but there are they also do other things. Uh, I think the key thing here is execution has to be proactive. Uh, we can't have defensive cyber as uh, our central key focus. We have to have cyber defense, but great cyber defense requires great offense too. There was a really great uh, Hill article, which I'll link in the description below. Uh, it's an op-ed by a former... Uh, former national security of, uh, officials, and they argue that uh, we need to be absolutely tough. Like We need to show and prove that any malicious actor who tries to compromise U.S. critical infrastructure, who tries to inflict harm on our citizens through cyber means, will be punished to the fullest extent. And not just reciprocated. It's not like, you know, you know someone attacks us and then we attack it proportionally. I think it's going, to, it's going to have to require far more, far more punishment against those who tried to infiltrate our, our cybersecurity systems. Cyber is is not is just simply not going to be a balanced game, and uh, if we don't if we don't think about those particular ideas that are going to make us more proactive, if we don't believe in ourselves, if we don't have that faith that we can go after those and hold those accountable. Uh, we're not going to win. We're not going to be able to be a leader in cyber. So execution can't just be you know, carrying out the policies and laws. And it has to be proactive. So I would I say proactive execution of cyber policy, including cyber operations, including ensuring that uh, all cabinet agencies are following the guidelines, following the, the policy, ensuring that the president's vision for cyber is kept, all those kinds of things. But you need to have a vision to start with. So I put number one as execution, but I think number two has to exist in order for number one to come around. But I do believe execution is, based on the executive branch side, really the central purpose of it. But the second thing is vision. We need to have a vision for cyber policy. And when I say vision, I mean a more of a macro level. So not looking at like investment or anything like that. That's that's going to be one more item down the list. Vision is more of the macro level. Where do we want to see the United States? It's a bit difficult for our country because we have a presidential election every four years. We have, of course, uh, the House of Representatives entirely up every for re-election every two years, and senators up for six years and, and a six-year staggered terms. It can be very difficult because people are so ingrained in the election cycle and politicians want to get reelected that it can be very hard to see 
that vision, uh, which is why you need something, I think, very bipartisan. You need to have a lot of bipartisan consensus. That way, regardless of the administration, you're going to have some kind of continuity. And that already exists to some degree, but I, I think we need to see more of that. And when I say vision, you know, what is the U.S. going to look like when it comes to leadership? How do we lead on cyber? What does that mean? Uh, does it mean leading on technology, uh, which I think is a key pillar? Does it mean um, in being the biggest actor when it comes to uh, cyber alliances? You know, how is that going to work out? Um, it's Maybe it's response to... Uh, to to malicious actors, uh, is it going to be the main player or the main leader for retaliation against those malicious actors? These kinds of questions need to be answered, and I think you need a vision. You need to know where you're going and what the U.S. is going to look like in the cyber realm. So that's number two, cyber policy vision. Number three is strategy. We need a cyber cyber policy strategy. I think when uh, when it comes to strategy, we're looking at the way to get things done, the way to achieve that vision. Uh, so some strategic goals. For example, you know, we need to invest a lot more in R and D. Well, let's look at maybe look at the specifics here. Um, specifics, maybe not in terms of numbers necessarily from the White House, although you know when it comes to appropriations and the budget these these things have to be taken into account uh, but for strategy for the purposes of this item we're looking at okay where do we want to invest what 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 key aspects of critical infrastructure do we have to invest in um the, what kind of r&d are we going to look into for example if you're were if you were say the the secretary of energy you're in charge of the national laboratories all across the country what what are their focuses going to be what are the kinds of short-term and long-term goals are we trying to achieve in cyber so that we get to that vision, as I outlined in number two. So we need a cyber strategy, okay? Number four, this is a bit of a longer one, but I do think it's important. It kind of wraps a little bit of the of the five total that I'm going to bring up. And that is the cyber director needs to be able to lead a team that's focused on building and improving cyber policy systems. Okay, what do I mean by that? Um, systems are good if they're robust, right? If you have a bad system, you're going to consistently get bad results. But if you have a strong system, you can consistently get good results. You might not get good results every single time because things do go wrong, uh, but you maintain a robust system uh, that's going to carry you forward very well into the future. And when I say systems, I'm looking at policymaking systems. How do we limit the bureaucracy so that we have uh, more conversation, but we don't allow, but we don't have people talking over each other? Because I mean, how can you possibly make policy when you've got a bunch of egos running around um, telling each other that they're wrong? You can't have that. That's part of the civility aspect too, which is to facilitate conversation, bring people together. Um, policymaking aspect, cyber operations. These this is this gets down to more technical terms, and maybe the cyber director is not going to be perhaps too much ingrained into the micro numbers, shall we shall we say, for cyber. But what are they going to do to ensure that we're more efficient 
on our critical infrastructure? How about the infrastructure that runs the government? I mean, I, I think that's a pretty good start, isn't it? Um, what about the uh, infrastructure or operations on the state level? I don't think the cyber director is going to have jurisdiction over state and local, but maybe to incentivize states to be able to have that capacity to uh, reduce inefficiencies, reduce bureaucracies, perhaps. This is all about building, improving policy systems, cyber systems, kind of all in one un- under one umbrella item, item number four. Okay. The last thing I would say is, and this is something that might surprise some people, uh, some for some others it might not, but it's cyber talent cultivation. This is a really tricky one, but I do think that this has some kind of meaning when policymakers are discussing long-term cyber. So when they so when they envision the US becoming the world leader on say AI technology, you know, we need the people to actually be able to build that. And that exists in the private sector uh, for a vast majority of the time. You know, if we don't have public private partnerships, if we don't elevate beyond that, if we just simply stay on a contracting basis, I don't think this is going to work because you're going to continually have a deficit of people working cyber. I've seen numbers where, and this is perhaps before COVID-19, but we're seeing hundreds of thousands of vacancies, of cyber vacancies that need to be filled. Otherwise, companies are, and other organizations are going to be so vulnerable to malicious actors I think talent cultivation, ideally, I think should start at the local level, starting with schools. What are we going to do to teach kids how to be uh, be more prepared for uh, for any kinds of cyber signs, so to speak? You know, the indications that a computer might be hacked, or that uh, kids can understand um, what to do in situations when there's um, when there's some kind of ransomware, right? Uh, these these are the kinds of things. It's it's scary stuff. Don't get me wrong, uh, but we need vigilance. We need to be able to get to that position where our kids, our future generations, uh, can be more cyber wary. You know, it's more, much more cyber aware and uh, much more knowledgeable than people like me. Uh, I am not a very technical person myself, but I really hope that cyber education becomes a priority in the United States. I think it has to come under cultivation. We have to have a breeding ground here in the United States for us to be able to really build that next generation of cyber talent for the public sector and the private sector. So those five items are what I want to share with you today. And I want to get your thoughts on this too. Again, number one is cyber policy execution. Number two, cyber policy vision. Number three is cyber policy strategy. Number four is about cyber policy systems, building and improving them. And number five is cyber talent cultivation. Those are my five priorities that I would give to the next cyber director. But as we know, it's probably going to be an office. So I say national cyber director, uh, but it's really going to be a team of people. Uh, so let's let's call the office of national cyber director. I don't know if anyone has a, has said that publicly as the actual bureaucracy that's going to exist now, but I I do believe that at some point, just like 
government in general, it's going to tend to grow a little bit bigger. Uh, I say a little bit. That might be a little bit. Of, uh, that might be an understatement. Um, but uh, I I hope that this episode was helpful and I'm outlining how I see the National Cyber Director. What do you think? Are there any items that you would like me to add to this list? What would you add to your uh, to the list of priorities for the National Cyber Director? And how would you vi- vision the U.S. to be in the very very near and distant future when it comes to cyber leadership? Thank you all for listening. I hope you enjoy this episode. Again, make sure you subscribe and share this episode and uh, podcast with your friends and family. I really appreciate all of your support. I hope you have a great rest of your week, and I'll see you next time.